to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. I have a question for you. Have you ever asked for something and got a no response, but you still went to try and find a way to get it anyway? True story. I'm a grandmother, three little ones. Well, when they come to the house, it's pretty much whatever the grandkids want the grandkids get. My kids often, I hear them talking between themselves saying, who is this lady? She never let us do that when we were kids, you know? But they're my grandkids. So one day, one of them's asking me for ice cream. Well, I try to always keep ice cream because I know they all like ice cream. And I'm not always a huge fan of it, so it's not as big as a temptation as like cookies or something. So I have ice cream, and she comes and she asks me, Gamma, 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 Gamma. And you never can say it just one time. It's Gamma, Gamma, Gamma. Can I have ice cream, please? You know, with the eyes and the whole thing, right? And I'm like, of course you can have more ice cream. So I'm giving him, and, and she's only, at that time, three years old, so I'm trying to be, you know, aware of that and only gave her five scoops. No, I'm just kidding. I only gave her like a little bit of ice cream. And so she's in the kitchen eating it. And then um, her mom comes to me and she she's, talks to me privately out of earshot of the little one. And she says, um, did you say she could have more ice cream? And I, I heard the word more and I'm like, oops. And I said, yeah, I, I didn't give her a lot. And she goes, okay, well, that was her third helping of ice cream. And I'm like, oh, super grandma fail, right? But this little girl was consistent and asking, even though she got a no, she went and asked somebody else to get her the ice cream. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? I know I have. And I know sometimes consequences of that type of thing is not always the best, right? Um, the story we're going to talk about today, and I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance because we are going to be talking about an animal today. In our series, I'm going to be talking about a donkey, and I'm trying not to do my interpretation of a movie where he said donkey all the time, so I'm trying not to say that, so I'm saying that now, just get it out of my system, okay? So, just a donkey. Okay. So, because this story that I'm going to be talking from, you can find it if you want to do your reading time at some point, or maybe you've never even heard this story before. If you haven't, you can find it in Numbers, Old Testament, chapter 22. And it's a whole chapter, and it's a great story, but because for time's sake, I'm not going to read it verbatim. So I'm going to condense and do Melinda's paragraphical uh, rephrasing of it to make it fit our time. Everybody good with that? Nobody 
send me emails about how, you know, I wasn't being scripturally based because I told you the story, right? Okay? But we will pick it up. So, Israelites, they were God's chosen people. They were, had been held captive in Egypt for 400 years. They have been led out of there into the wilderness on their way towards the promised land. Moses was their leader. Some of us saw the movie, The Ten Commandments. That's what the story is. That's where we're picking it up as they're coming towards the promised land. They're almost there. And God tells them to go in and conquer the people who are now occupying the place where they are going to. And so now they've already won a battle. And the people of the area start getting a little nervous. They start talking between themselves and said, have you seen these people that have come out of Egypt? They are mighty and nothing is going to stop them. So there was one king in particular where we're picking up the story. He was the king of Moab. And he's trying to think of how we can defeat these people. How can we stop them? Because everything they attempt to do is happening on their side. What are we going to do? And so he gets the, together with his wise people, and they say, there's this guy who is a, a, a spiritual, his actual word is prophet diviner. In other words, he had some type of spiritualistic powers that he was able to bless people, and they would be blessed, or curse people, and they would be cursed. And he said, if we could get this guy on our side, and curse all those people, those Israelites, those people, if we can curse them, then perhaps we could take them in battle and we could win and protect our land and keep it for ourselves. Okay? Just like my granddaughter who said, if I can't get that from mommy, maybe I can ask grandma and get what I really want looking for another way to get what they wanted. Okay, so they go out to this guy, and his name is Balaam. And they go talk to Balaam, and he sends his representatives the first time. And he says, you know what? They came with their regular fees that's customary for the time. We want to pay you to come and curse these people. And Balaam tells the guys, you know what? Spend the night. Let me go seek God and find out what he says. So he goes and he seeks God, whatever that looked like at that time and however he did that, but God spoke to him directly and told him, you cannot curse these people. These are my blessed people. Do not go with these people. So Balaam gets up in the morning and he does the right thing. He says, you know what? I can't do it. I'm sorry, go and tell king of Moab it's not gonna work out. You can go your way. And they left. Well, what do you think the king of Moab did? He says, you know what? We need this guy so badly. We'll offer him whatever he wants in the whole kingdom. Any amount of money, any amount of power, any amount of honor. And perhaps he will come and curse these people on our behalf. So they send dignitaries this time to represent the king... And he comes to them back to Balaam one more time. 
So now, they come to Balaam, and it's the same show. We need to curse these people. There's no way to stop them. Have you seen how many of them? It's like they're, they're like the sand of the sea. There are so many of them. There's no way we can do it on our own. We need to curse this people so that we can preserve ourselves. No matter what it costs, whatever you ask for, it can be yours. So Balaam says, stay the night. Let me go ask God. I'll give you my answer in the morning. So Balaam goes to God, and what do you think God says? He didn't say no. He said, yes, you can go, but only if you say what I tell you to say and do what I tell you to do. Now, let's take it into a personal place for you and I. Are there things in your life that you are seeking after, that you are looking to get or positions to attain and maybe the first time you brought this before God, you felt within your spirit like, no, that, I, I shouldn't be this. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be, you know, going out on a limb for a Lamborghini right now when I can't pay for my rent. You know, there's, there's things that we sense and we're like, no, it's a no right now. But then sometimes we go back and we start looking for other ways to ask God. We start offering other things. Now, the temptation can come to you in various ways. And now, I, I got to tell you, sometimes we are just enticed by our own senses and what we really want. And there are times that I truly believe that our own motivations are hidden from our own eyes. We don't even know our own motivations sometimes. Now, from the story and what we've read so far, we're like, wow, Balaam's like a good guy. He said that he's not going to go. And he did ask permission a second time, and then God said he can go. But now I want to watch as his motivations start to reveal themselves, and we're going to see what happens. Now, um, it goes on, and it says, Balaam got up in the morning. It doesn't say he even talked to the guys. It says he went immediately and saddled his own donkey. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, except for you read in the very next phrase that he had two servants with him. Now, that tells me a couple of things. One, he had enough money and importance to have at least two servants that would travel with him. That doesn't tell us how many he had at home. Two, a person of that importance doesn't do medial chores like saddling his own donkey. There was something inside of him being revealed at this very point, and the ancient rabbis actually taught this revealed his excitement and zeal to be able to go with these guys. I mean, wouldn't you be excited? Anything you wanted in all of the kingdom? Any amount of money you could think of? Any power could be yours? This is what he was looking at. So yeah, I would go saddle my donkey, right? I'd, I'd go gas up my car, same thing. So they're saying this is revealing something of his motive. So now, the story's going to get better, I promise. So as he's going, and I'm going to check, we are doing good. Okay. My timer's about to go off. All right. So as he's going along his way on his donkey, there appears an angel with a sword ready 
on the pathway that he was, Balaam was taken towards the king of Moab. So now, now journeying with his two servants and these other guys, I assume, and they're on the journey, and all of a sudden, his donkey goes off the road. Now what, what Balaam didn't know at the moment is that there was an angel ready to kill him, but the donkey saw it and actually saved his life. What was Balaam's response? He beats the donkey till he gets back on the road. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just angry that his donkey's not listening. So he goes a little bit further, and there's a second time. And there was a wall on one side, and again, the angel had placed himself in, right there with the sword drawn. Now, when you think of an angel, don't think of a little cherub, you know, with a little bow and arrow and a little chubby baby. No, angels are huge. Angels are big, it's talked about in the Bible. So he's there with the sword drawn, the donkey sees the angel, and he's trying to get around one more time, so much so that it crushes Balaam's foot up against the wall. Again, beats the donkey a second time. Come on, what's wrong with you, stupid donkey? Let's keep going. A third time, an angel stands, sword drawn, and the donkey, this time there was nowhere to go. Not off the road, not against a wall, so the donkey actually laid flat on the ground to save his master on top of him. Again, Balaam doesn't know what's going on, beats him a third time, and it says, then, and we're going to pick up the story right here, and it goes, an angel, okay, there's a third, oh, here we go. Um, verse 28 and through 31, it says, then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, Okay, real life, this is not a cartoon. And then it says to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Good question, right? Balaam answered. Now, first of all, he didn't freak out. He actually talked back to the donkey. Don't know. Don't, now, don't have explanation for that, except sometimes when you are so greedy, you actually become blinded to everyday things in front of you, right? Um, Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. Anger, right? Verse 30, the donkey says to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? <laughs> He's still talking to the donkey. And he goes, no. Then, verse 31, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he, talk about Balaam, bowed low and fell face down. The donkey saved his master's life. A donkey talked to speak of what was going on. Spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you, and just in case some of you want to read it, which I really do encourage you to, he ends up going and speaking with the king of Moab. And three times the king said, whatever you want, come and curse these people, let me show them to you. So he took them out to see them in the camp. Three times, every time Balaam went to curse them, he came back and he prophesied blessing over God's people. Three times, and every time it was a bigger blessing. I'm pretty sure the king was like, okay, stop, just stop talking, okay, just stop it. 
But what God has blessed, no man can curse. What God has called us into, no man can stand in the way. But sometimes our own stubbornness blinds us to our own motives. Now there's some revealing of Balaam's motives of what was going on here, but he was saying the right words, but his heart was not surrendered to God. And this is my challenge to us as people, to myself. This is something I've been asking myself all week long. Reveal the motives of my heart, God. Where are there places that I bless you with my mouth, but my intention, my heart, really isn't in the place where my mouth is? How many times, God, if you set up circumstances and I just get angry at them, rather than recognizing this might be a sign or a way to let me know I am stepping out of where I should be going. Just because God gives us permission doesn't always mean it's for our best. There's a place that uh, David wrote one of the Psalms, and I love all of David's Psalms because he shares his heart. He shares the good, the bad, and the ugly, but he always comes back to, but God, I know who you are in my life. I know what you've done in my past, and I trust you with my future. This is one of those places in Psalms 139. He told God, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's one place in the Bible that says that uh, the heart is deceitfully wicked and no man really knows it. But the truth is God does. So we invite him into these places to ask God reveal to me my heart. Am I really being an honorable honorable as I think I am being, or am I just fulfilling my own desires? Am I even in ministry? Am I ministering from the place of a heart really for others, or is it just for, you know, somebody to look at me and recognize who I am? In relationships, am I being loving towards this person just to manipulate them on another side? Am I giving just so I can have a get that they owe me? These are all hidden motives sometimes, but in the place of surrender, and I love what the worship team brought to us this morning, your way is better. So a couple things, and these are super short. What do we learn from the donkey? A couple of things. One, <laughs> thank you, Lord. God knows our heart, our intent, our motives better than we do. So Psalms 139 Search me and know me. The second thing, God will even use, and I use the word even, use a donkey to speak for his purpose. So one, are you ready to listen to a donkey? Sometimes people come to speak in your life and you don't think, uh, do they really know what they're saying? I've had children speak things to me and I've just been like floored, like, oh, out of the mouth of babes, God just spoke to me. And there are times that people come and speak to me and I don't give them the credit that they may need. They don't look what I think they should look like. They may not have the experience I think they should. At the same time, they came with a word from God for me. So are you willing to listen to a donkey? Two, are you willing to be the donkey? Are you willing to speak for God even though you may not feel the part? 
even though you may feel like they look down on you, but God puts something in your heart, are you willing to take that risk, even for them to get angry? That donkey got beat three times. Are you willing to be the donkey? Third, third, third thing is, if God says no, no ice cream, right? You've had enough. Can you remain true in heart and not seeking other ways outside of his way to get your provision? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.